I'm Helen Rebello. Welcome to the Turning Point Project. I believe that when you face a big transitional moment in life, you have to learn how to transcend your fears and honour the process, even if it gets messy in the middle. In this project, inspiring conscious creatives and entrepreneurs share their stories about how they used a turning point to move from a life that didn't fully fit to living in a more intentional way despite the messy bits. May these stories inspire you to trust your turning points and take a step forwards through your messy bits towards your more magical life. Today I'm talking to the lovely Sharon Woodcock who is a lifestyle and business coach who I've known for quite some time now and we have worked together, I've been her client and I had no idea that her business had unfolded really in a series of turning points that resulted from one serendipitous moment that occurred when she found herself having to come back home to the UK because of a family crisis. Sharon is a really wise, wonderful soul. She is a perfect combination of someone who follows her head and her heart and she has an awful lot to say on how she's managed to use both of those to build the life she has today. So sit back and enjoy. Sharon, thank you so, so much for coming to share your insights for the Turning Point Project. It's really, really good to have you with us. Thank you so much, Helen. It's such a delight to be here. And as you know, I admire your work so much and it was an absolute no-brainer to be part of this. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, me too. Me too. So um, so before we get stuck in, was, what was it particularly that you liked about the project? What appealed to you about the, um, the subject of turning points? Well, it's been a strong theme in my own life, um, you know, the turning points that I've had myself and that I see in other people around me as well, working with lots of entrepreneurial ladies. I see these turning points all the time. And even if they are maybe at that point of turning, you know, not always going, having gone through that turning point, it's such amazing moment of transformation that can open so many doors for you if you allow yourself to go through those doors. Yeah. So I really believe in turning points and going with them and taking that risk. And so this project to me is like, oh, it's my opportunity to, I suppose as well, explore my own and actually what really did unfold for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Do you know what? One of the, um, one of the delightful things I've discovered so far in doing these interviews and I've, I'm filming, filming, I'm recording this towards the beginning of this project. So I haven't spoken to that many people yet. Um, but already people I've spoken to have had insights about things they didn't realize they had. And I've had insights from listening to them and talking to them. So there's just something incredibly valuable, I think, about voicing these things out loud because we don't always get to do that in life it's not the conversations we tend to have in the coffee shop you know 
Yeah, I think that's, it's just so amazing to, I don't know when you can really start to assimilate what it is that you have been through and actually recognize those as turning points too. Yes. Because sometimes we're like, I mean, it depends how long ago those turning points were, because for some people that you might be interviewing, they might be quite recent, they might be going through them, or it could be that there are some time ago and actually looking back on it and seeing it as a really, um, a moment in time where that had to happen for that to happen and then for that to happen where you can really see things unfolding but at the time maybe when you're part of it it's not as clear because you're, it's still unfolding and I just love to be able to look back and see the power of those moments oh yeah that's that is such a gorgeous observation I, I really love how you express that and mm-hmm. um yeah, it's one of the reasons I wrote my book. It is all about trusting the unfolding. Yeah. But it's easier said than done, of course, isn't it? It is, definitely. So, um, so I know for you right now, I know that you are actually, you've just shifted direction. You're sort of on the cusp of something quite exciting in terms of how you're bringing things together in your work and your life. Mm-hmm. Before we look at that, yeah. Can you paint a picture for us of where you were, what, what life looked like when you were on the other side of the turning point that you were thinking about in relation to this, this conversation? Yeah. <laughs> and I, was, I think there have been like a few quite biggish turning points but the one that's most relevant to now um is the moment when i i was working as a project manager and i'd been doing so for about i think about 10 years roughly or at least in the first couple of years i was building up to becoming a project manager because I'd started within the project management world and I'd got her job initially um it's a bit of a strange one because and I think this really ties into why this was such a strong turning point as well mm-hmm. I became a project manager by default it wasn't something that I chose it chose me okay <laughs> which is really really strange because when I look back over my life and I think about well could I have possibly ever wanted to become a project manager then maybe maybe I could have thought that but I didn't actually consciously think it I think I just knew that I was good with people I knew that I I knew I had an aptitude in that sense and I always wanted to have my own business from the age of 15 because I went to do business studies straight outside of school and project management to me it seemed like it seems quite um, like a, a, an amazing career to have, but it's just not something that I had pursued. And what had happened is I'd come back from Mallorca, which was off the back of another turning point. <laughs> I'd been living in Mallorca for four years. Um, and basically I had gone into this agency that I'd been in before when I came home from Mallorca and it was only a temporary visit back back home I was just planning to be back at home for six months to be with my dad who had been very poorly and um, spent time with my mum and to just get back to my roots and to give them some time 
And I went into this agency in York and I got hired to be part of this project. And it was just an admin job. It wasn't anything, ex- it wasn't anything exciting in the sense of what the job was. Yeah. But I had um, essentially got myself into this rather big project and project world I didn't even realize was going to then unfold to be what was then a 10-year career for me. And that moment of, um, of decision point, I suppose, as to should I or shouldn't I do this, it was a no-brainer. I was going in there to do this um, just as a temporary thing. And so, yes, of course I would do that job. <laughs> of course I would take that contract. Yeah. And then what happened was I, um, it, got, it became very apparent to the people that I work for that I could do some of the things that they could do and they started to give me more and more things until the point where I was managing rollouts by myself and then I got hired to become a delivery manager and then a project manager and I was earning six figures doing that I was really really um I felt like I'd hit the jackpot I'd made it I had everything that I could possibly want from a career because well I hadn't imagined that I was I hadn't it when I went through that door that day earning eight pounds an hour yeah Mm -hmm. as in that was what the job was for yeah I never imagined that then I was going to be earning a six-figure income two years down the line from that moment and I didn't go back to Mallorca I carried on <laughs> because of the income and because of the lifestyle. I bought my own house by myself and it was just on the cusp of the recession, you know, when the 2008 hit yeah. and um, I was like investing my money and um, making that money work for me and I was buying nice clothes and I had things that I could buy nice ideas for my house and I decided to develop all my hobbies and all this stuff. Um, but the thing is, the job itself was really hard work. And I'd come back from a lifestyle in Mallorca, which, as you probably could imagine, my lifestyle in Mallorca was very different to my lifestyle here in the UK. Mm-hmm. And what I'd learned from that experience and everything that I, you know, everything that I had learned from that experience and, and felt that was possible for me in terms of how I could live my life, I was then transparent exposing is that the right word (laughs) onto my life in England and in all honesty I never thought I would settle back in England I thought that's just not going to happen you know I love my life out in Mallorca I could go into that we could make a whole podcast about my life in Mallorca I won't (laughs) another time (laughs) another time Um, but I was then um, transposing I suppose all these feelings that I had and how can I make life work in another Mm. beautiful way but here in England Mm. and I made it work by okay celebrating the fact that this opportunity to earn this money here was amazing and although it wasn't the money that I was originally um I wasn't chasing the dollar the Mm. money um but but once I had that lifestyle because of the money and that um lack of worry about money it just changed my life. Yeah. It changed my outlook. It changed what's possible for me. It made me feel much more confident as well because everything that I'd done, all the hard work, 
the university, the different career uh, changes, all the things that I'd done in my life and extra qualifications that I'd done had then paid off. It was like, it's your time now to celebrate and actually be that successful person. The job itself was, it got harder and harder. And because I had to put more and more of myself into some of those roles, some of the, as I got better at doing my job, I got more and more, um, I suppose, complicated Mm. project roles to, um, to take on. I got some, I got one of the leading projects um, in the UK of the time, a subset of it, <laughs> not all of it, but it was a subset of a very important and very successful project. So I probably won't name names on the, the podcast, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it was to me at that point, I was like, oh my gosh, everything's working out for me and I'm proving myself. And it felt good. Yeah. But it escalated quite rapidly. It did. And it was over a 10 year period. Um, but it was a lot to manage because I was managing a lot of people. I was managing a lot of money. I was, it was a lot of responsibility because I was contracting. I wasn't permanent. So as a contractor, you're always, um, you're not, you're not permanent within that company. Yeah. And three months here, six months here, and then get extended on. And then sometimes you have to then go and work away from where you live and travel. I, I had a situation where I had my... <laughs> I had things underneath the desk from, you know, at the end of the week so that I could leave them there because I'd need them the next week rather than taking them all the way home. Yeah. And I had like, when I was working up in Nutsford at one point, I had um, this lovely little guest house, which was like walking distance from where I was working. And the man, the, <laughs> the man that owned that, he was like, oh, you can leave everything over the weekend. <laughs> And I was like, this is a guest house. It was really strange. So I felt like a bit of a nomad for a while. Um, so I was like, you know, going to work here and doing this contract here. And I did get a bit of stability at some point. And that started to feel um, a little bit better for me. That's when I bought my house. Um, but I was still changing contracts. I was still changing divisions and then I had periods like where I wouldn't be working. It wasn't for very long, but there were periods of not working. But yeah. generally speaking, I was mostly in contract. And when contracts ended or coming towards at the end, sometimes it was like within a month's notice. Sometimes it was like a week's notice because in that um, climate leading up to the recession, there was a lot of um, companies that were like, we were letting thousands of permanent people go and obviously contractors are going to go too. So there's a lot of yeah. worry within the industry of not only for, for people like me that were contracting that were in an insecure position as well anyway, was for the people who actually work for um, various big companies. And so I started to like get really a bit, oh, I don't like this idea of feeling out of control of my life. Mm. I love the money. I love the lifestyle. And my gosh, I want to keep my house. I want to keep all of this. But I, I want to do something for me. Yeah. I want to, I, I need to go back to that. It kept calling that, that voice that I had when I was 15 that said to me, you want to do business studies because one day you want to have your own business. 
you don't know what your own business is going to be, but that doesn't matter because one day you're going to have your own business because you can do this. Yeah. Because I had a really strong sen- sense of self-belief. For some reason, I have not quite worked it out <laughs> as to why, but I wanted to do business studies and that's what I did. And then I went on to do communication studies as a degree and various other qualifications since then. So I kind of, um, I went back to that um, strong um, desire to want to create my own business. I kept going back to it. And at the time I was a little bit confused, I have to say. And I hired a life coach and because I was trying, because I'd moved into this new home and I, what I was working a lot, I was taking my work home with me. Mm. I was trying to put all of myself into my job because I was earning such good money. And I was like, I've got to, I've got to maintain this. So I've got to like work harder. Yeah. And sometimes it really need, I really needed to do it as well because I was like, well, I've got a rollout happening or this implementation's happening and it's an evening rollout and we've got like five days of this. And then sometimes we're going to, so I'd be doing evening work and, or it just, we'd have like live weekends where everything would go live and then you'd be there or on call support. So there was this sense of, it wasn't like a nine to five feeling, mm. really. It was just, it was more flexible than that. Yeah. And, but I did like that dynamic. I loved the dynamic of being in that role. And I absolutely did love being a project manager. I absolutely got a buzz from it. Yes. <laughs> but it wasn't that. The turning point was, I think it was that, as I said, it was that not knowing when I was going to be, where I was going to be going next, what I was going to be doing, feeling out of control of my own destiny and having this calling back to, um, you haven't started your own business yet. Why haven't you started your own business yet? What do you want to do with your own business? So as I said, I went hired a life coach and I explored lots of things because there was another part of me that wanted to feel expressed and that I was neglecting because of, um, my career and so it helped me to work through what I really wanted to bring into my life and what I ended up doing was I ended up doing a creative writing OU course I did the the it was like first and the second year of um the um of the degree yeah in languages literature and then I did the advanced creative writing part the second year um, I'm actually um, going on to do the MA at the end of the year. I saw so that. Yeah, yeah, so I've got in for that. The seeds like, then. Yes, and um, it took me a while to unravel and all this passion that I had for creative writing. But once I immersed myself in it, I ended up writing all sorts of stuff and from novels, screenplays, and poetry. Um, a lot of things that I've got sitting there waiting to be edited. And then I got into acting. I did an acting qualification, and I was in various plays in Norwich and I just basically threw myself out there and started to like really have a social life and um it was wonderful uh, finding that creative outlet and expression and it helped me to unravel what I really wanted to do although at the time it didn't make much sense it was just that I needed to 
find myself yeah because I was becoming too celebral I was becoming too business focused I needed to take something back for me because I was working so hard and actually at one point I was um, coming home from my busy project management job doing things around the house because I had basically nothing in the house when I first began it was just a shell I had to build and put all the things into my new home and then um, I was also going out to the theatre to be either doing my qualification or and then to be in the place and I could be out like five nights a week so it became like work and then theatre but you know what I loved it so I never felt like it never felt like work <laughs> because I loved it so much but looking back I think how on earth did I fit all that in I just yeah, don't know no, I was thinking I really that. don't know how I did it but I then had like my social life became through that as well so it became like oh it was just what it was a really good era of my life and then what happened was I after having gone on a, a yoga retreat to Ibiza with my life coach because she was running this event out there and um, it allowed me to have more time with her to, to evolve our the life coaching that I was doing yeah. with her it also was a chance for me to experience the other um, things that were on offer like there was a wellness element so I was I did that and then the yoga every day and just being out in Ibiza which was a little bit similar to New York because yeah. it's yeah. neighboring <laughs> island um, and it was just wonderful, this lovely little farmhouse um, away from everything, um, surrounded by um, lemon trees and, you know, just the smells. And it just allowed me to really get rooted. And mm. it did change my outlook because some, a light switched on. And I think it was a series of conversations about that I'd have been having life coaching and there was a couple of moments where people said, oh, I could see you doing that. Or there was other conversations like, you've really inspired me or you are such an inspiring person because, mm. and I'm like, oh, okay. Because you do all of these things and you're so talented. I'm like, am I? <laughs> well, I was just really shocked by the way that other people, I was allowing myself to hear what other people felt about me yeah. for a change. And I you were in a space where you could do that as well. was receiving it. I was so like blocked from everything before because I was so like consumed by doing yeah. that I'd forgotten how to be and be, being and immersing myself and actually allowing myself to take compliments and, and um, to see who I was as a person and allow myself to take some risks. So what I did was I signed up for a life coaching qualification and that's what I started to do and, but always saying to myself well you don't have to do it you know you just do the qualification and see if it's for you that's just it's like there's nothing to lose you can carry on doing your job your um, contracting work but and you can do this too and then see what happens so that's what I did um and I was part of the way through it and my mum died and it was just the most life crashing down on me moment I could have ever experienced up until then. It was just, you know, horrendous oh, moment in my life. Yeah, and it was 
you know, in a time when I was trying to build my life from one thing that I'd created to another, and it was a really, it had been a very positive, I suppose, a positive moment in time in terms of what I was doing. Yeah. And obviously, it just turned everything upside down. Yeah. The whole family, but for everybody, because it was a few months and it just, yeah, it changed everything forever. And, um, but I, at the end of um, a very dark period, of our lives I then regained my energy again and the passion that I had because the passion the passion to because of course life is ongoing you have to carry on yeah and that desire to change my life became stronger yeah I can understand that because when you lose your mum it's well it's like that force that brought you into life and it's like if I don't do something about this, nobody else will. Mm, it's, it's, almost, it's honoring your birthright, isn't it? It is, yeah. And I couldn't put it into those terms as well as what you just did then. But it is that. And I had my dad, um, who was also being strong for everybody, but also, you know, feeling just terrible, um, you know, unbelievably um, devastated yeah. but was trying to uphold everything for everybody else and yeah. but he was all the while telling me to um encouraging me because that was his nature and um, inspiring me to always keep putting that one foot and step in front of the other and not to um not to let it consume me basically yeah, yeah. And, and it's almost that sense of i think when someone's grieving like that anything you can do to bring back any sense of momentum or movement so you're not in that sort of stagnation of dealing with it you know mm -hmm. i think you to to process your feelings you sometimes do have to bring in some sense of norm normality or mm -hmm. yeah some sense of momentum yeah and then at, at some point and i don't remember the time scales it's a little bit of a blur <laughs> and um you know um, at some point, I then re I um, went, carried on with my studies and just gradually got through to the end and I qualified. And what I started to do then, well, actually, no, during this was, um, I, but towards, I was, as I was coming towards the end of that um, study period, I started up a little business which was completely unrelated because I had, um, I was coming out of the next contract with my um, project management and I thought I want something straight away because my coaching is going to take a little bit of time to build up but is there something that I can do straight away that means I can just start working within a business straight away yeah. and I went back to something that I used to do years ago for a lady and it was making wedding garters <clears throat> my goodness I did not see that coming I know it's bizarre um and I it was something a skill that she taught me especially because she had a wedding business and she made all of the wedding dresses but she didn't want to make the wedding garters because they were well she had lots to do and she wanted to um ha she wanted to contract it out 
So I, she taught me how to do them. <laughs> I didn't know how, but she, but I had got some dressmaking skills um, from my nan. And so because I was eager to learn, she showed me how. And so I learned all these different styles and everything and made them for her. And she'd pay me X amount of money for so many. And I went back to that old skill and I had to modernize everything because they were like, they weren't quite the styles of what maybe today, although some yeah. people do actually wear those styles. Um, but they're not the styles that I was really wanting to put into my shop at the time. So anyway, I, I used all the skills that I had and, um, and created uh, Love is a Poem, which is a little wedding garter company that I still have. And um, I have like flurries of um, garter orders that come in through the year. And, um, and then at other times that it's quite quiet. So it's usually um, just like really manageable and ticks over. But it was just really nice to have something that I knew that I could do and I could create for people that was needed and just create a little business yeah. and put it out there with very little, um, it wasn't difficult. The only thing that was difficult about, not difficult, I suppose, was may maybe working out what people wanted and needed now yeah. um, and then ordering supplies and things like that. But once I got my head around it and I got my suppliers, it was really enjoyable. <laughs> it was lovely little process involved um, for getting the orders and then through to actually delivering them. So uh, it, it's just a really nice and easy business to, to run. And if it I want that stability, doesn't it? It gives you some money coming yeah, through. It and it's like, even despite the fact that at the time when I started it up, it was just to, you know that kind of expression, tied you over? Yeah, no, I do, yes. And that was what it was. So that's why I created it. And it, maybe it wasn't with that same... It was with passion, actually, because it was with passion to give some, something back of something that I could actually create for people that I enjoyed doing. Yeah, but you it were wasn't a need, weren't you? I was meeting... I am... I'm still doing it. So I am still meeting a need. Yeah, yeah. But... Um, but it was also, the other thing was, <laughs> it was so that I could prove that I could do it. Yeah. That was the other thing. I thought I'll start small, start with a little product-based business. I, I, I hope anybody out there that's like thinking about starting a product-based product -based business thinking, oh, it's really easy. <laughs> Let's start today. <laughs> well, you, you, the thing is, you can just start today. Yeah. Um, and that's what I did. And I think it was because I did know the market to a certain degree and understand what it took to get them from this point to that point. Yeah, yeah. But because I hadn't overcomplicated it in my mind, I just saw like, okay, do this, then that, and then that, and then repeat. <laughs> and so it was really quite an easy thing for me to do. Now, if I wanted to make that my sole business and be my major um, income, it would be totally different because then you would be bringing in, well, how can I market myself? How can I drive the sales? How can I really differentiate myself in the market? Yeah. It's got a very different That's energy. Totally, totally different. And then I'd be wanting to go to wedding fairs and it yeah. would be different completely. Yeah. So although I'm saying it's easy, it, it is easy if you want it just to have something to tick over and maybe as a side business, 
But if you want to make it your sole business, it takes a lot more than that. Um, so which I know from the coaching, obviously. So that's what I did. That was part of my turning point. I decided to create this little small business that I could prove. And then I suddenly um, was there with my qualification in life coaching. <laughs> and I was like, right, okay, what do I do now? Yeah. Not that <laughs> um, easy, is it, from that yeah. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> when I, honestly, I had, like, all these guidelines from my course. And I was like, you know, in terms of marketing and and sales and I was like right translating that into the real world is beyond anything that I could have possibly imagined from what I'd learned it was in reality it's the hardest thing it you can do all you can do within your business you can offer anything that you want but if you can't sell it if you can't find the words to express it Mm -hmm. you can't get in front of enough people and create that demand then you'll just have it sitting there and that's product-based or service-based. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, and that is that in that first um, year, it was very much like, but how on earth, <laughs> how do I do this? And, but the thing is that was a huge turning point because what it represented to me. Um, so by, by the way, I did stop doing my contract work. I'm, I'm pretty much assuming that obviously, by this point, yes, because that was that was there aren't enough hours in the day. No. <laughs> so I think I took, I think I had a little break, and then I took another six month one on, and then that was it. Then, and that's when, and it was that one that confirmed to me: just get yourself properly going here, just put your whole self into it. And so, by this point, you are you're basically you've shifted from. Um, sort of following the, the flow, the breadcrumb trail where it's led you. And now you're at a point where you're, you've become more intentional. Yes. Yeah. Very intentional about what I was doing. Yeah. Um, it, it did feel at some points of the way that there was just these little lights, as you said, breadcrumbs that were guiding me. Um, that I started this at this point and then it just felt natural to go here and there and, and it yeah. gradually took me to where I needed to be but at some point points I had to be absolutely right you need to do this you need to take this extra qualification here so once I'd qualified I then started to look at well what what do I not know what what is it that I'm struggling with um okay we haven't got a clue what to do when it comes to funnels so I hired somebody to help me with funnels (laughs) and you approached it quite logically in terms of um filling in your your knowledge gaps yeah but it I complemented your um your sort of brand new burgeoning business that it seems to me has basically um come from you following your following what naturally lights you up and following what you're naturally good at and following your natural creativity mm-hmm. and your ability to to interact and get on beautifully with people and then you're yeah. complementing that with your head uh, yes <laughs> um so it the ability to be creative the outlet that you have with having your own business means that you can't you do get to be very creative and i am a very creative person sometimes 
a little bit too much so in terms of that I have lots of ideas and yeah sometimes I want to act on those ideas straight away and I've learned within my business that although that's a very amazing thing quality to have but you have to rein it in because otherwise you end up with something with arms and legs and it's all like going in different directions and you can't keep control over it all so you need to be very intentional about as you say about what it is that you call in and I've learned that through that process of creating as I've been evolving the business because it originally was life coaching I still do do life coaching I just don't market myself that way I do have a lifestyle tag to my coaching <clears throat> but um I generally speaking I'm more business focused now and the business now has gravitated even further because I've allowed myself um again it is a, it's an evolving turning point so I the, the there was the hard <laughs> the hard turning point and then now I'm in this lovely as you describe it unfolding Mm. over my business because I'm not allowing I'm not keeping the brakes on anymore it's been an evolving um ex not experiment experience I think uh, which is still unfolding today into what I have now got in the world and I'm so excited about yeah so tell us about tell us about what you're up to right now yeah. I'm excited about this as well. It actually <laughs> yeah. feels like I'm 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 a feeler. I'm really empathic, and I kind of feel the energy behind things. And when I saw what you were up to right now, it felt right. You know, it kind of mm-hmm. has that clunk. Something happens in me where it just mm. goes clunk into the right place. Yes, it may not uh-huh. be forever, but I love now, that. It feels perfect. Yeah, for you. I love that. Well. Yeah, that clunk feeling is such a good way to describe a particular moment that I felt about two months ago. (laughs) Nice, I love that. Honestly, I couldn't have put it better myself. (laughs) So I had been on a program with a very high-level coach, like from last um, August. And um, I was doing this program to, um, to bring this offering into the world in a really intentional way (laughs) uh, with all the bells and the whistles as it were Um, and this is off of the back of last year so that my dad died in 1917 so this was a few years after my mum and again a massive turning point within my turning point (laughs) Um, it was just you know as you can imagine um, yeah it was just horrendous and I feel like I've lost a huge huge part of me in losing my dad and my mum and but what I have is their spirit I have their their um I know that they would wish the very 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 best for me and I feel their encouraging um energy around me to inspire me to carry on doing what I'm doing and really making it work for me. Yeah. And that's the most, um, what's the word? Like positive thing that I can bring to my business because 
because that loss was so huge and there is a tendency when you go through losses losses such as those to really want to cave in and hide away yeah yeah very much so dive into the hole yeah and I did feel like that and but my dad was as I said is very 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 encouraging and (laughs) he kicks my ass every day to get to do what I do. You know, I really, I know that I have that driving spirit and that I can make it work and that I will do that. I will do what I need to do to make it happen. Um, after that happened in my dad, losing my dad in 2017, I then went into uh, a new year in 2018. So several months later, saying to myself, your business is so-so, it's kind of okay, it's like you can carry on going in this direction, but I don't really want to carry on going in this direction. I want something, I want something much more than this. And I need to experience more love for my, for my own business. I want to feel, although I used to generally wake up feeling inspired and ready to go, I knew that there were moments when I didn't and I was starting to lean into that and think, well, it's because that differentiation isn't there. It's because you haven't got, um, you haven't lent far enough in to your own personality and to what brings you joy and to all the different um, nuances of what make me me to bring out within my business and and I kept having this um recurring thoughts about my creative writing and how to bring it in so what I did was now in January of 2018 I started beta testing a storytelling program storytelling for marketing your business yeah so I did personal storytelling and then some other more generic ones so it was using story structures um, that we know um, from the stories and films that we watch today and throughout time. And I was testing these in a way that was going to be, they were going to be usable within your business to market your business. And then towards the end of, I think it was June, when I'd finished up doing the testing of those, I then went on to this program, which was to then, as I said, it was to then uh, get my business, get my um program to market so what I had been doing is creating this structure around this concept of storytelling and messaging through doing the program I worked out that I needed to create a foundation for um, helping ladies uh, to um, really get their messaging correct before they start moving on to what content they need to put out in the world and what storytelling they want to to engage with and so something happened (laughs) along that journey which made me realize that this idea that I'd had originally for an academy I could just do this now rather than delaying it to further on in this year because I'd planned it out to be later and I decided it was that I think you called it a clunk moment (laughs) because it felt so right because I'd taken this whole, practically a whole year, 
coming to uh, the conclusion of what I could create and offer the world, it was quite a long period. But in that journey, I had created and actually delivered programs. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But I needed to package it in a way that was really compelling. And the whole idea of it being a program suddenly felt wrong. And I don't know, it just came in. I went to a three-day summit. It was about a month ago. And at the end of the summit, I just went, it's not going to be a program. It's going to be the academy. Because I feel that that's the right thing to do. Because I had been somehow, you know, when you trying to make things fit in a certain way and you're like, no, but that doesn't go there and it goes there. And I was like really trying to shape it in this, um, in this certain way. And then I took a step back away from my business for a few days and then went, no, the reason why is because your heart's telling you it needed to be an, you want to have the academy, have the academy. Stop putting the academy off. Mm-hmm. The academy isn't some kind of like, like construction from like Egyptian times. That's really stop making it out to be something that's really really complicated, because you already have what you need Absolutely. to deliver it. Yeah. And once I trusted myself, God, I'm sounding a little bit stern with myself now. <laughs> I did suddenly brainwave light bulb moment. I say to myself, Sharon. You, are, you already have it. You don't need to create anything in steps in between, like another block in between that and the academy. Just create the academy. <laughs> and you have all of the, the storytelling modules. You have all of the, the foundational messaging um, topics and resources that you've been creating for the program. You have all of that put into the academy. And all the rest of it that you were intending for the academy anyway. And it just felt like I'd come home. Oh, nice. It really did like sink in and go, oh my God, I just made the most important decision. And it happened instinctively, naturally, without force. And I, in fact, any force that I'd been creating around me was trying to make it work in a certain way. Yeah. And you can sometimes look at formulas and blueprints and this, that, and the other, and you can make those work for you. But I think that ultimately they're there to break apart as well. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I could not agree more. I think that's why, why we resonate with each other because nobody, nobody's had your unique experience and your unique journey and your unique combination of skills and learnings and you know blueprints are great to some extent because we have to learn how to do things but nobody can tell you what feels right to you and what you want from your life Mm -hmm. and um i think the the thread that that i'm hearing through everything you've shared so beautifully is that when you like I, I really do think you've got an incredible combination of an ability to use both your head and your heart and there have been times when um you've pushed a little bit more from your head where your heart has been sort of stepped in and given you a message but you've actually been really 
pretty good at listening to that and honoring that, even if it's taken a little time sometimes, because it does all of us, doesn't it? Yeah. I think it's really unusual. You know, I think most people are in, in the Western world are really head led. And I think to have the combination of skills you have with both an ability to be um, structured and analytical and bring bring clarity and I can say this having been your client you know? mm. um, but combining that with that ability to really tap into your heart creativity writing mm-hmm. and your, your you-ness mm-hmm. um, it's a it's a it's a rare thing it's an awesome thing thank you oh that's such a lovely thing to say thank you so much <laughs> it's hard to take compliments sometimes but <laughs> that's such a lovely thing to say um I think it's I think it's about trusting yourself and sometimes you know that thing where you can think oh your heart can get it wrong and instinct isn't always right actually it usually is yeah usually is and that's going back over my life thinking those moments when you didn't listen to yourself and then that happened and it's like they were all all those moments were there, and I think I can be very cerebral. I can, you know, be thinking and overthinking sometimes. Um, but when I allow myself to relax, and when I allow myself to be, you know, led by what's underneath. Mm. Um, subconscious and feeling that I can come from feeling as opposed to from thinking yeah it can create really magical things and that's why I decided to call the no you've got a magical theme as well but that's why I decided to call the um, academy the brand storytelling alchemy academy because and it brings in it ties in that idea of like the brand and the structural businessy side to the storytelling, which is all that creativity and expansion and expression. And then the alchemy of all the different nuances and intricacies that it takes to get that unique blend and puts them all together. And from that, you then can go out into the world and share what it is that you do, what it is that you've created in a way that's really connected and heartfelt and that's meaningful. And that is, um, it's relatable. And with that connection to you and what it is that you do and what you offer, giving people the opportunity to find you and to make those connections that will then make an impact and a difference to their lives and to their businesses yeah. what an amazing thing to be offering so yeah. where can people find out more about this are you is it open right now it is yeah it started last week and um it's open as in the sense that you can start at any time and each month it will evolve into that next stage of the of how i want to take you through this journey yeah within the academy anyway it's really exciting oh it is it's it's great it feels perfect for you for you right now you know it It does again but 
yeah i right mean now it's good that's exactly who knows what the next turning point is but right <laughs> now <laughs> um this has definitely been off of the back of a very long turning point and that turning point that ripple of energy from where that came mm. was always there actually yeah. and it was always meaning to come to this point very it's just so. starting to settle itself now into its groove <laughs> yeah. I love that. yeah i just want to ask you one last question yeah that's okay mm-hmm. um if you could send a message with what you know right now to yourself 10 years ago what would you say what one thing would you say to younger you to trust in, in what your heart is telling you yeah I love that. and if you don't have the capacity to do that right now because of circumstances maybe it's the job that you're in the relationship that you're in the a set of circumstances that compound and make it feel really difficult for you to take that turning point is to say to yourself do you really want to be in the same situation in 10 years time and if that is a wholehearted no then to allow yourself to unfold as you might say Helen to allow yourself to take one step Mm. towards your dream for me it was doing creative writing and doing theater and then the life coach but take one step and it might be just a small step but an intentional step that feels really good to you maybe it's something that you've been curious about maybe it's something connected with the passion that allows you to take yourself away from that normality that you've created around yourself maybe that's making you feel stuck to loosen the thread of that stuckness so that you can start to evolve perfect love that thank you so much (laughs) thank you too helen it's been wonderful it's been really good talking to you just tell us what your website is as well just in case anyone misses out on show notes yeah it's sharonwoodcock.com and the academy if you want to just put on the end of that brand storytelling alchemy and you'll find me thank you so much it's been an amazing conversation i'm so grateful to you and um i will catch up with you very soon thank you so much my pleasure thank you thank you so much for listening to this episode of the turning point project if you found this episode useful i'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast as it really makes a difference and will only take a moment if you'd like to continue the conversation or ask me any questions come and connect with me over on instagram at helen rebello author or join the free magical life movement at helenrebello.com. have a gorgeous gorgeous day and i'll catch you in the next episode